This morning we'll focus on Moses. Moses and his heart for God's people. You know, uh, Moses was considered to be one of the greatest prophets in the Jewish history, in the entire Bible. He was called by God to lead the Israelites out of the land of slavery. He was the one God used to unleash ten plagues on the people of Egypt. He guided the freed slaves through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. God performed mighty miracles through this man called Moses. He saw God face to face. He talked to God face to face. God gave the entire law, Old Testament law, through Moses. He was the leader of more than 600,000 men without counting women and children. Two million people. So, this was the man Moses. God prepared him. He went through a training. He was trained in Pharaoh's school for 40 years. He was the prince. He grew up in the Pharaoh's palace. And then he was in wilderness for 40 years. But then I want to focus on not his training. I don't want to focus on the mighty miracles he did. But then I want to focus on his heart, his character as he led God's people. Whether I lead one person or whether I lead a church like pastor or whether you, lead, whether you are a leader for a small group or even whether you are a leader in your own household as a father, all the leaders need to have these characteristics. Okay? You know, sometimes we have a very wrong notion of what does it mean to be a leader. Let's just focus on a few. Okay? Given that uh, time is limited, I, will, uh, I won't necessarily uh, you know, uh, go through each and everything in detail. Okay, first of all, let's, let's just turn to Exodus chapter 18. Verses 13 to 16. Okay. Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 to 16. <clears throat> Emmanuel yesterday talked about uh, Moses and Jethro uh, being mentoring relationship. Let's just start with that. Not you? Okay. Someone, uh, okay. One of you. Okay. <clears throat> uh, Exodus chapter 18. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around them from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me. I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will wear yourself out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me 
and I'll give you some advice. May God be with you. And then he goes on to advise Moses to set up leaders for thousands, for hundreds, fifties, and tens. The first characteristic for leader is to listen. Listening is extremely hard. Listening is a very hard skill. I'm still learning that skill. Whether it is listening to your spouse, listening to your children, especially listening to godly counselors. When I listen, I tell people, I respect you. I value you. What you say is important. That's very important. Often we don't listen. When someone is listening, we are, all, we are already formulating what to respond. Especially we men, we talk on top of each other. We don't even let another person complete. We talk on top of each other. Moses was a listener. Not only he listened, with godly wisdom and he listened to the advice of his father-in-law, he was not even a Jew. He was coming from outside. He listened and then when it was a good advice, godly advice, he put that advice into practice. Okay? Very important. If you want to have a heart for people, if you want to lead others, lead others by listening. Number two. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 11. <clears throat> Numbers chapter 11. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to read a bunch of verses. Okay. Uh, turn to 24 to 29. Numbers 11, 24 to 29. So Moses went out, okay, and told the people what the Lord has said. He brought together 70 of the elders and had them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with them. He took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. However, two men, whose names were Yeldad and Medad, had remained in the camp. They were listed among the elders, but did not go out to the tent. Yet the spirit also rested on them, and they prophesied in the camp. A young man ran and told Moses, Yeldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua, son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Here, <clears throat> here is the situation. People, as usual, they complain. They complain for meat. God gives them, God brings quail. Through strong wind, he, he supplies them the meat. And then God says, <clears throat> Bring 70 elders and other officials, meet with me in the tent of the meeting. 
I will come down and speak with you. Okay? And then I'm going to raise up 70 elders who can share the burden with you. There's more than a million people. To govern them, I'm going to raise up 70 elders. I'm going to put my spirit in each one of them so that they can share the burden with you. They were all supposed to come to a specific place, tent of the meeting. 68 people turned up, but then two of them, Eldad and Medad, they did not come to the designated place. They stayed in the camp. But then God's spirit rested not only on the 68 elders who were gathered in the camp, God's spirit rested also on Eldad and Medad who remained in the lodge. So a young man comes and runs and tells Joshua, and then Joshua says, Oh, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. Stop them from prophesying. And Moses' response, he, he gives us a picture of his heart. He says, Joshua, are you jealous for my sake? I wish all God's people, all God's people, I love his answer, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit on each one of them. That is, that is, that should be the heart of a leader. Your leader should never ever become jealous when the leader sees someone else is growing in the gift of God. Someone else receives the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Someone else is doing God's work. The heart should be, I wish each and every one of the people, they had God's Spirit in them, they prophesied. That's, that should be the heart. If you want to be a leader, be willing to share the limelight with others. You know, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we all read, love does not envy. Love is not jealous. Love does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices in good. Can we genuinely rejoice when some people that we think is younger than us, when we see them, even sometimes, even outshining us, when we recognize someone exercising a spiritual gift better than us, can we say, can we rejoice with that person? Okay, I'm going to give an opportunity for this person to do this ministry. Can we do that? That's very important. You know, uh, one of the things that I do as a, as a leader in my own organization, when I recruit someone, I'm a, I'm a manager. I lead. When I recruit people, I need to make sure they are experts in the field in which I am hiring them. They need to know better than what I know. They need to be better than me in doing that. That's when my team can be an excellent team. If I want to outshine everyone on my team, the total caliber of my team is going to be less than me. How can God's ministry progress? 
this should be the heart of god's people okay that desire turn with me to numbers chapter 12 next chapter okay <clears throat> let's read from verse 1 i'm going to read bunch of verses here and there miriam and aaron began to talk against moses because of his cushite wife for he had married a cushite has the lord spoken only through moses they asked hasn't he also spoken through us and the lord heard this so moses brother aaron and miriam they were angry with moses and moses's wife god hath given both of them a ministry aaron was the high priest and miriam was a prophetess but and they grew jealous of moses because of his wife and then they said has god spoken only through moses is moses our only leader hasn't god spoken to us through other people when they spoke like this we don't see moses getting angry but then god getting angry and upset at once was you know verse 3 and now moses was a very humble man more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth just think of that this person leader of 2 million people a man whom through whom god did the mighty miracle he was the humblest person the more we know god more humble you would become the more we see god's face and his character we would be able to see our own true selves we would be able to see ourselves in god's light it is not a false humility i'm not talking about that we would also know our worth we would know that we are god's children but then we would see ourselves and others in the light of god that's what had happened to moses and then you know and then god responds to them when there's a prophet among you i the lord reveal myself to them in visions i speak to them in dreams but this is not true of my servant moses he is faithful in all my house with him i speak face to face clearly and not in riddles he sees the form of the lord why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant moses the anger of the lord burned against them and he left them when the cloud lifted from above the tent miriam's skin was leprous it became as white as snow god punished miriam moses was not even angry moses did not call upon any call any curse upon miriam god punished her what does that basically mean being punished with leprosy those days it meant you cannot come into god's presence you cannot come into the assembly of god's people and then and then yeren turned toward her and saw that she had she had a defiling skin disease and he said to moses please my lord i ask you not to hold against us this sin we have so foolishly committed 
do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from a, from its mother's womb and its flesh half eaten away so moses cried out to the lord please god heal her okay after 3 days she sealed once again moses cried out to god on behalf of miriam god heal her moses did not have any grudge against miriam or Mo, against miriam or aaron who had spoken against him only some 15 20 we don't know how long ago that should be the heart of god's if you want to lead others examine your heart do you hold grudge against anyone anyone who might have genuinely hurt you legitimately you might be right they would have hurt you they would have insulted you without any basis they would have cast blames on you accusations against you without any basis still do you hold any grudge against them do you pray for them you know what jesus said you know what we read in romans chapter 12 do good to those who do evil bless those who persecute you is that true that's the that's the heart we have to have if you want to be god's people final one portion and then we are done exodus <clears throat> chapter Thirty-three. Okay. Exodus chapter three, thirty-three. We find that Moses, God coming down on Mount Sinai, and then Moses going up to God's presence to receive the to receive the law. Moses stayed up on the mountain for forty days. People really wondered what happened to Moses. So we find in chapter 39 okay let me go there uh, we find in chapter 39 what happens okay sorry i took a wrong reference let me go to the right portion here okay chapter 32 i'm sorry chapter 32 moses stays up there for 40 days so what happens these people in verse 9 and 10 you know these people down there they tell aaron we don't know what happened to moses make us a god who would lead us from here they make a golden calf and in verses 9 and 10 10 god tells moses I have seen these people the Lord said to Moses and they are a stiff-necked people now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them that I may destroy them then I will make you into a great nation that's the offer God was giving Moses God was telling Moses these people I have had enough of these people I've lost my patience let me destroy every one of them in this place 
I will make you into a great nation. They will not be called the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They'll be called children of Moses. I will make a nation out of you. Let me destroy every one of them. What do you think we might have said? Yes, Lord, what you say is right. Okay. What was Moses' response? Moses goes down. He burns with anger. He breaks the two tablet stones. He burns that golden calf. He, he calls the people, you know, he, you know, Levites all come forward. 3,000 of them, he asked them to uh, kill those who committed the sin. 3,000 of them are killed. And then Moses goes up. Moses goes up to the mountain and he intercedes for God's people. We read in verses 31 and 32, Moses' response. Moses went back to the Lord and said, Oh, what great sin these people have committed. They had made themselves gods of gold. But now, please forgive the sin. But if not, blot me out of the book you have written. And I, I just cannot even begin to imagine Moses' prayer. Forgive the sins. He does not even complete the sentence. It's not a complete sentence. But now, please forgive the, sen forgive the sin. That's a hyphen. Sentence is not even complete. But if you will not forgive the sins, blot my name out of your book. Putting himself, putting himself in the place of the people. Or the people who had committed sin. Do we have that heart? Do we have that heart? When we see, <clears throat> when we go to India, or even here, when we see people worshipping in front of idols, or even God's people, Christians when they commit sins, When we see a brother or sister backslide, do we get into a judgmental position? Do we look down upon them? Do we become like that Pharisee that we read about in Luke's Gospel chapter 18? He said, I am not like that tax collector. I pay my tithe. I, you know, uh, I worship. I pray three times. I'm not like this person. How are we? Or do we cry out, God, bring this person back. Bring this person back to yourself. Speak to him. Let him not go away from you. If you see anyone commit any sin, do we pray for them or do we get into a position of judgment? You know, look at the Pharisee in the Luke's Gospel, chapter 18. Okay, I'll finish with this. If we see any of this, uh, if we see any of this, we have the spirit of the Pharisee. <clears throat> okay. 
Pharisee and the tax collector. Does the Pharisee, does he even pray? He says, God, I thank you. I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Okay? You know, how do you know if you and I have that spirit of the Pharisee? For me, when your obedience, when you measure your obedience in terms of what you don't do rather than what you do. Okay? When you measure your obedience, you know, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't go to movies, I don't do this one, two, three, four things, so I obey. When your obedience is negative obedience, rather than a positive obedience, know that we have this spirit of Pharisee in us. Okay? Number one. Number two, when our obedience is a comparative obedience. When our obedience is a comparative obedience. Compared to this person, I am better. Compared to this person, I, I do these things. When you measure, measure yourself against other people, you know, when my body is low, I can always pass the test. Right? But then when your body is high, when I compare myself, when I look at myself against the standards Christ has set, be ye perfect as the Father in heaven is perfect. Be ye holy as your Father in heaven is holy. When you compare... When I compare myself against the standards God has given me in the scripture, then I am aspired with God's self to grow and to improve. But then when I compare myself with my fellow Christians, I have the spirit of the Pharisee. Okay? And then thirdly, when I have what I call as a legalistic obedience. Okay, I have to do this. I have to have 15 minutes of prayer every morning. Don't get me wrong. Discipline is extremely important in Christian life. But then, when the discipline turns into, when you, do, when you lose the joy, okay, when you lose the joy, do something for a chore. Okay? Then, then we, then we have the spirit of the Pharisee. Okay, not only we have that legalistic obedience for ourselves, and then we, we, measure, we measure others with that same rod. We measure others with the same rod. If I don't, you know, uh, you know I, have, I have my own petty little rules. If I obey those petty little rules, then I believe I'm obeying God. We have to be careful. You know, we can have these things as a smoke screen that prevents us from seeing our own true selves in the light of God's word. 
and then obeying, obeying God. And then not to have that spirit of judgment, but then to have that heart for people. Especially when we see other people sinning, backsliding, to have a heart of compassion, to pray for them. You know, in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul says, you know, I think Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, speaking the truth in love. We need to be overwhelmingly truthful and be at the same time overwhelmingly loving. Grace came with truth. Jesus came to us, not only in the truth, the Old Testament law is truth. Jesus came to us in grace and in truth. We as God's leaders would need to display the grace and truth in dealing with people, people who are weak. Let's learn our lessons from Moses in terms of having the right heart for God's people. If you want to become a leader, if you want to become mentors, if you want to become people who have influence, positive influence in the lives of other people. Shall we pray? Father God, we want to reflect your heart this morning as we come. Your Father's heart. Your large heart. Magnanimous heart. We want to deal with everyone the way that you've been dealing with us, God. Continue to speak to us. Give us a heart of compassion. Give us a heart of love. Give us a heart of forgiveness. Give us a heart that desire that every one of God's people is full of God's spirit and God's gifts. We would be able to stand in the gap and pray for people who sin and who backslide. We would not take a seat of judgment. Help us, Lord Jesus. Give us that heart. By nature, we tend to be Pharisees. By nature, we want to remove the plank from uh, the uh, speck from other people's eyes while still having the plank in our own eyes. Help us, Lord. We can't do that on our own. We pray, God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Give us that heart of compassion. Go before us this day. Go with us, God. We pray, dear God, that you would help us to be faithful to you. Give us grace so that we would respond to every challenges and every opportunities that you give us this day. Pray that you would be very close to the people that we love, our own families, our own friends, the people that we pray for. We commit all of them to you, God. Jesus, you told us, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. This morning as we come, every burden that we bear, every care that we carry, we, we leave them at your feet, O oh God, knowing that you love us. Nothing can separate us from your love. Be with us. Draw us closer to you. In Jesus' loving name we pray.